Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pop Culture Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here once again. Great to have you here if it's your first time. To be honest, it's great to have you here whether it's your first time or you're, you're a regular. Either way, I mean, it means a lot that you've stopped in for another look. Today in the show, we are joined by a very good friend of mine, good friend of the show and author of the book, Life on Your Terms, Mr. Matthew Power. Now, if you don't know Matthew, he's got a real passion for men's health and health and well-being in general. Today, we cover quite a lot, including the connection between physical and mental well-being, how important connection with others is and the importance of finding a tribe, how and why it's important to release pent-up energy before it starts to shine in ways which is inefficient or unhelpful to your own health and well-being, the health impacts of modern civilization, and as always, so much more. Pally's a really interesting guy to talk to. I love his mind. He's got a passion for spirituality, and uh, he's got a passion for uncovering the universal truth, which are found often at the center of so many of the big religions. Uh, always a really deep thinker, really good bloke to talk to and uh, I always enjoy these chats so really hoping you enjoy it as much as I do I've linked his book in the show notes below both audible and physical copy so if you haven't got yourself a copy of life on your terms yet make sure you check it out but for now let me welcome to the show once again my mate Mr. Matthew Powell. So what are you going to tell us tough guys my usual zero nothing Yeah, bro, sun's shining, tan's looking good, it's starting to glow. It's funny this time of year, you start to, um, I reckon I've had two days of sun and all of a sudden, like, a couple of people have started to go, oh, you're looking a bit sun-kissed. I was like, it doesn't take too long. But when the sun's shining like this, it's hard to resist, eh? Oh, bro, it's the best. It's the best feeling. Sun on the skin, grass in between the toes. Yeah, it's hard to beat, bro, jumping in the water. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, every what? time of year. What market were you at today? What is it? Because it's a Friday afternoon. You said you were rocking at some market with the great man Cade. Yeah, Friday morning. No, we just went up to um, the Northern Beaches markets here. Like, um, bro, it's the best. Just every Friday. Um, it's called Warrywood Market. It's just a little suburb slash sort of beach uh, park. And um, yeah, just like sort of really yummy nibbles and sort of organic sort of fruit and veggies and some stalls and just really yummy like knickknacks bro and um just man like i could spend so much money in this like just i just want to eat everything there it's just, like, so delicious bro like the best cheeses and pastries and chalky and all the good stuff you know but all the yummy healthy stuff as well so got a couple of um a couple of goodies for the fridge bro Oh, man, the only time I'd been up there was when I came and stayed with you for a couple of days and there was no markets going on. But just that Northern Beaches area, it's kind of got like a little bit of a, um, I don't know if you can p- compare it to anything down here, but you're right. It's like there's some, the, the fancy food or the good quality food options just were everywhere. I remember me and you rocking some acai bowls at some good little cafes. Anywhere that has a bit of a rustic look with that rendered brick wall stripped back, um, you know, they focus on coffee and offer some kind of smoothie bowl. I'm completely won over. So my uh, my experience of the Northern Beaches is that, um, dude, it sounds dangerous. And the fact the sun's out as well, there would have been uh, plenty of little future girlfriends running around there, I imagine. No, I didn't notice any, bro. No, I didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guilty. No. Um, <laughs> oh, but, man, it's got your name written all over it. Man. It was just like, a, like you said earlier, it was, it was in the sun. Man, I think, mate, just coming up and I'll take you next Friday. Come on up, bro. Like, I just... know. I said to you yesterday, I'm actually so due for it. Like, I've just been lazy. Oh, 
around. Stop mucking around. It's not that hard. I reckon you've come down six times to the one visit that I've been up there. Yeah, I've been making the excuse that, no, nah, I've got to be a good dad and just be around. But honestly, I reckon it does the kids, Jesse, me, a favour if I get out of the house for a couple of days. I, um, I'm so keen to come up. I've just been lazy trying to get the admin side of things organised. I was like, all right, if I can line up a few gigs up in Sydney, I'll come up, I'll hang with Powley, we'll do the northern beaches, we'll go for some runs, show me the sights. Um, and then at night time, I'll tell some funny jokes. But I've just been having trouble with the admin. I've been lazy with the admin, so I'm like, all right, well, um, yeah, but you've called me on it. All right, so that's the project. I reckon in the next couple of months, I've got to get up there and uh, – because we're overdue, man. I felt bad a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you you been down here, and me and Jesse just <laughs> completely ghosted you. I forgot the weekends, and we ended up in Ballarat. So yeah, we're overdue. Yeah, totally. It was um a cool little um synchronicity this morning because Kay dropped me off, and I was just like, oh, I'm gonna run. I gotta catch up with Tice, and he and I was like, oh, Tice, he's thinking about coming up soon, and he wants to do a couple of gigs here in Sydney. And then Kay was just like, oh, one of my good mates runs clubs here in Sydney, bro. So like. And I was like, oh, that, like you need to message um, Tyus. So message Kade after this, man, because um, like, yeah, he said one of his good friends is running like host comedy clubs up here. Dude, wild. Do you know his friend's name? I don't off the top of my head. I can't, yeah, because no. I've been speaking to one guy, but I think I told you yesterday that there was one particular guy who was running, I, I don't know if they call it the comedy lounge or the comedy store up in Sydney, but I think he was running that. And uh, I sort of lined up to get up there. And anyway, that bloke, he's he's moved on from whatever role that was. So I wonder if Cade's mates the new guy um, who's sort of the run, running the show up there. Oh, that's great, man. That's nice to know because it's so good. There's so many awesome rooms down here in Melbourne. As I said to you, like I'm going to Perth in a couple of weeks to do uh, four nights at the Comedy Lounge there. It's just cool to get get out of the state and experience it in in different states. Like, dude, one of the um, – it's, it's crazy how much – like just jokes vary from from place to place. I was so nervous going over to uh to the states because I was like, oh crap! Like, does any of this stuff make sense in in another place in another country? Um, but even state to state, like I feel there's there's little differences. So I'm I'm kind of keen to get a little bit of a taste for what it's like in in different places around Australia. And man, like I know you're not in the comedy scene, so I don't want to bore you with details. But there's so many there's so many sweet rooms that are that are available that it's kind of nice to um to just step outside of like. Dude, I, I did that gig that I was on my way to last night. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's one of those ones that just keep you humble. Like I walked in, there was one, there was one uh, guy, well, like one particular guy on the lineup and he bought six of his mates and his yeah. mates just did not give a shit about comedy. <laughs> like they were there, and fair enough, they're like 20 years old. They're just there supporting their mate who's getting up for the first time. And I was MC, which meant I just got a lot of stage time. And bro, it was, uh, I tell you, I was very happy once that night ended and I was in the car on the way home because, uh, yeah, if there's one thing that keep you, keeps you humble, it's been an MC for the evening and uh, just getting a whole heap of blank looks. So, bro, maybe I, uh, actually, maybe I should keep that on the download before I speak to Cade's mates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forged in the fire. No, nah, it's all good. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Anyway, what's going on, man? You were, um, you were telling me yesterday a little bit about your, your knee. You didn't get to run the marathon based on the fact you had a, what was it like a little bit of ITB inflammation? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, exactly that, bro. Just my knee flared up um, about a month or so ago. So, um, yeah, just decided early on not to even sort of push it and just giving them running a, a month off, giving the knee a month off. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the photo I just posted on Instagram of my knee? No, I haven't. Sorry. Dude, let me show you this because I actually don't know what's going on. But yesterday I was in the car and I was just sort of sitting at the front of um, Charlie's daycare 
because I, I had to go in and pick him up. And I was on the phone and I kind of had my knee just resting up on the steering wheel. I don't know if this is going to do it any justice, but like my knee had been so inflamed and I think some of the inflammation is like moving down through my leg. Wow. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. The light's not hitting it right. But bro, there's a couple of big dents in there. That's yeah. like, it looks like the back of my calf, but that's the front of my shin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, totally. <laughs> so I've got to, I've got to suss that out, bro, because it's, uh, it's looking a little bit suspect. Because I was, yeah. I was thinking for a while that maybe I had like a little bit of iliotibial syndrome, like what you had. And uh, yeah, I looked at that yesterday, and I was like, yeah, there's no pain on the outside of my leg. I've just got like a six pack at the front of my shin. Yeah, no, that's gnarly, bro. Yeah, get that checked out. Yeah, bro, for a non-contact sport, it. it's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's brutal, man. No, it is brutal. We're not. We're definitely not designed to run hundreds of kilometers every week. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Have you, <laughs> did you enjoy a little bit of downtime? My thing is when the sun's shining. I think we were saying this last time we caught up on here. It's my favorite way to exercise. There's just there's nothing beats it. Like as good as a feel after a gym workout, which I did this morning. Nothing beats getting out there, sweating for an hour, letting that sun hit you, um, leaving your phone at home, and just uh, or taking your phone with you, whatever you feel like, and, and just clearing the head. No, totally agree. Um, no, I, I like it. Obviously, coming into spring now and sort of summer's in the air, it's definitely um, a nice look. I'm looking forward to it. Just those morning runs and it's getting a little bit warmer and jumping in the ocean. And um, no, it's, it's pretty epic, bro. So, yeah, I'll definitely, definitely can get back into it and um, just keep it flowing. Yeah, man. Dude, what's going on up there? Apart from markets and sunshine and runs and stuff, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Um, bro, lots is going on. Lots is going on. I, um, last weekend I went on this epic men's like weekend workshop t- kind of container thing, camp. Um, it was essentially camping, like, um, up just, just before the, the, the Goldie there, like in a place called Narang it was, um, like the Northern rivers hinterland up there. Um, and man, it was such an amazing, epic powerful weekend there were 150 men um on this private property on land and this is beautiful like creek running through out the back and um yeah just there was three nights and um a lot of it most of it was like actually just downtime and just hanging out and sitting around the fire and there was really yummy food that was being served which was really special um but just like having really beautiful conversations with a lot of a lot of brothers, you know, like-minded dudes. And, um, yeah, that was just um, quite magical. And, you know, during the day, just like during some downtime, like some brothers just pulling out the guitar or the, you know, the, uh, the the drum box or whatever and just sort of jamming and just singing. Like we sung this one song and it went for like 45 minutes, I swear. And it was like just the same, like whatever like line like whatever three lines over and over for about 40 minutes and we're just dancing and it was like 25 men just dancing around like these musicians you know and then like everyone's just jumping in and like having a crack and just making noises and like the other thing as well that was really revelatory was um we it was we put the phones away for like three days so it's kind of like a 72 hour phone detox um and that was also really yeah, really cool. Really, really cool. Really nice. Just not having to look at the screen or not know what's going on. And um, so, so that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Just being away from the screen. Um, then in between, we did these really, really powerful exercises um, that were like facilitated. And um, 
just I guess you can call it men's work sort of stuff, but just like really um finding some edges and then just sort of leaning into those edges, you know, and trying to um yeah, extract some growth and lessons and connection from from being in those containers. Yeah, man. So talk to me more about this, because obviously this this men's work's been something that you've been closely in tune with over the last few years. Like I, I feel like each time we talk you've taken another step in the direction of either, you know, being a part of some men's group or running a men's group, which you've been doing, but like at the um, sort of core of what it is that the, the men's work that you're doing is about, like what's the goal going to a, a weekend away like that, apart from the obvious, like the fun, the the detox, the whatever else, is there is there something that you guys are sort of, sort of targeting, which is fairly similar to each other? Yeah, great question. And you need to get the host who's one of my dear brothers um, to interview, bro, on, on your podcast. His name's Jacob O'Neill. So he was the host of this event and it's called The Gathering of Men. Um, feel free to jump on the internet and there's like a landing page. And there's a really cool like little 90-second um, clip um, from last year. So last year was the first year it was held and then this was obviously the second year and the first time that I went. But last year there were about sixty men, I think, that were that went, and this year there were one hundred and fifty. Um, and yeah, like, bro, like, man, it was so powerful. Like, I, I'm gonna get like seven or eight of my 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 bros to come next year. Hey, like, you're coming. Like, I don't even care. Like, we're all going. Like next year, it was just such a magical weekend. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, like, um, it's pretty, man. It was just. It was quite emotional and pow- like so powerful just to witness the work that was being done. One thing that I that I noted and was like again re- revelatory. I don't use that word too often, but um, there's a lot of men who are really like hurting. You know, like a lot of men are got like who are really, really, really hurting, bro. I'm going through some like really heavy shit. You know um isolation loneliness breakups um like and even dark heavy stuff bro like i can tell you later maybe in a bit more detail but you know like we're all going like maybe i'm a little bit naive but you know i'm thankfully now touch wood like i'm in a good space and a good headspace but there are like men bro who are like you know on that verge you know you can they're heading down dark places um so just to sort of witness and and hold that space and sort of um watch men sort of um release some of that energy you know in a in a really beautiful environment was quite magical um and i guess i'm sort of lucky to be in this space for the last few years and just the fact that this you know is the path that i've been on and self-development and you know spirituality and doing all that sort of stuff and a little bit of i guess you can call it the work maybe even for like the last 10 years even if it was a little bit unconscious but for a lot of men bro like they, they have no idea that this stuff exists you know like if you're if you have a certain type of childhood or you just find yourself in a certain environment you know that kind of like toxic patriarchy you know typical Aussie sort of maybe tradey type life where it's just a lot of sort of bravado and abuse and, you know, negative 
heavy, dense energy. And then you get home and, and what do you do? It's obviously maybe just resort to, to numbing that pain with, with, I guess maybe alcohol would be like the traditional kind of like masculine Australian way. And man, like it was just, that is still like the norm for like a lot of men. And I just kind of, um, it kind of reminded me of that, you know, like there's so much work that needs to be done in, in this space. Um, and it's not obviously just about men, but it's like, just, it's everyone, you know, it's sort of healthy men are going to lead to healthy relationships and healthy uh, families. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like, to answer your question, bros, like there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I suppose it's just like heavy lifting, you know, like some, some, a lot of men just need like a chiropractic sort of readjustment. Um, yeah. So i what I took also from the weekend was like a level of confidence where like, I feel like I felt, I felt ready to, ready to serve for the last couple of years. And like, I do host my own little circle, but just to have that confidence that like now I'm definitely ready to like also continue what I'm doing and hold even more space and maybe give a bit more time to this sort of stuff and do things like this and just have these conversations and share a bit more. And, um, yeah, lastly I'll, I'll add, but, um, I think up there, what Jacob's doing and a few of his brothers, like that part of Australia, sort of like the, the Goldie, the Sunshine Coast, Byron Bay type up there. Um, I think it's like a bit of an epicenter for a lot of sort of like conscious work and men's work and just that work in general. Um, like here in Sydney, you can speak for Melbourne, but like it's still really like kind of untouched and I don't really know that like there's not that sort of many places that I know kind of thing that are openly out there doing this sort of work kind of thing. So it's, I'd say it's like really, really new. Um, and there's a lot, a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool to hear about the fact you get an opportunity or people feel comfortable to be able to get real about what it is that they're going through. Because I know even a, a cousin of mine who I'm really close to, um, or relatively close to him based on the fact we live at opposite ends of the country. We caught up for the first time in probably 12 months the other day and he just opened up to me about some of what he's been going through. And he's a uh, he's a, a fiery, has been for 10 years. Before that, he was in the army. And uh, like one of the most resilient guys you'd ever meet. He's so laid back. He's so chilled out, always got a smile on his face. And a couple of weeks ago, I just gave him a call. I was like, mate, how are you going? He's like, oh. he's like, dude, I've been terrible. I've been so bad for for like a um almost a year and it was a really wild story and I, I was kind of amazed at how open he was because i know at times where i sort of go through a, a rough patch i might tell you or tell jesse or tell whoever's quite close but it's it's not like it's something that you're often very comfortable just coming out and speaking about so it's it's very easy to as you say numb the pain or put on a brave face or whatever but what i liked about him um, and actually one thing I spoke to Cade, uh, who we spoke about at the start of this episode was he's with the grief and the pain that he's experienced, he's kind of used it as an opportunity not to run away from it, but to, to completely feel it and try and get to the center of whatever's causing it. And man, for him, it makes so much sense. Like, uh, he's, he's been like a practicing Buddhist for, for maybe 10 years and he meditates for, for an hour to two hours every day. And it's not like he, it, for him, it, it was 
sort of a, a mental problem that he was going through, but it was triggered by, man, he was telling me that in the fireys, he'd been to, in the last three years, about 25 just horrific suicides, horrific road accidents. He'd just seen death and pain and trauma. And even as he was going through it, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm all right. Like, I'm, I'm navigating his way through. And he was talking about it. He was open about it. And he knew he was seeing some pretty dark shit, but he wasn't really doing anything with it. And then almost out of the blue, like, he, he started to get these insane migraines. He started to get these insane um, back pains. And he's like, man, what is going on? Like, what is going on here? And as a result of, of that, he was pretty much bedridden, which is the opposite to, to what he's like. And, you know, through just being bedridden for a fairly active guy, obviously the depression and stuff started to kick him pretty hard after that. And he's like, dude, like I'm not suicidal, but um, I, I got to a point, and thank God he said he's probably 70% cent, better um, over the last couple of weeks specifically um, due to a few few things that he's done. But he was saying that uh, pretty much he he caught himself in a constant state of fight or flight. Like based on what he was seeing, he thought he was switching off, but pretty much his nervous system was just fully activated. So when it came time to rest or when it came time to switch off, he thought he was doing it, but he just wasn't. And as a result of that, I, I don't know how it all ties together, but he was explaining to me that over time, obviously your body can't handle being in that state. So it starts to, uh, you know, just try and let you know however it can. and. Uh, it was it was just crazy. He goes, man, like there's plenty of people in in my position. He was explaining that fireys, especially between the ages like 30 to 44, which I think is the highest suicide rate age for men in general, but particularly in that industry. And he's like, dude, a lot of people just have no idea that there's there's ways out or there's options or there's a way to do the work or there's things like what you're just experience, what you're just explaining, and. It was interesting. Like he sent me a massive email um, just telling me some of the most helpful resources, um, some of the mind-blowing technology that's available now, which has been really beneficial to him. But I hung up that that phone call and finished that email. And I mean, it's, it's that constant reminder because even me and you talk about this all the time. Like this is your wheelhouse. Um, you're, you're deeper in this than, than I've ever been. And um, I mean, you've got more answers to the stuff around men than, than what I have at the moment. But even still, I know that there's a lot of help available. There's a lot of options when you feel as though you're at the end of your rope. But it is. It's crazy how many people don't understand the benefit of, of not only acknowledging grief or pain or depression or whatever it is, but then even if they did take the time to stop, wouldn't really know where to turn with that particular stuff. So I don't know, man. Like When, when you're out at this retreat, and uh, is it Jacob? Is he running the show? Yeah, he's like the host, sort of. The, but there were a bunch of um, facilitators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, are there? I mean, it's probably not going to be news or, or or anything. But I, I can imagine there's there's plenty of tools and um, strategies that he's offering for the blokes who are starting to realize that they'd been through a fair bit of stuff and open up about the fact they'd been through a fair bit of stuff. Like, where does where does he sort of encourage a, a person who's gone? Oh shit, I'm in trouble here. Like, what's what's step one in that journey? Yeah, yeah. Well, just to just to um, man, there's so much to do, and that's there's so much that's possible, and that's out there for men to sort of just connect with and reach out. And there's um, so many different um modalities 
one is just I think just being like seen and held. One of the practices, for example, um, was just releasing shame and guilt as like it's, it's quite a common practice. I think it's called like step to the line. You know, like have you ever cheated on a partner? Step to the line. You know, kind of like type of type of art practice. But just to be seen and witnessed, it's called like being witnessed by other men. You know, have you ever had X, Y, Z or negative thoughts or, you know, done these certain things in your life? And we all have, but just being witnessed was a, is a really powerful one. And that's, you know, it doesn't necessarily have meaning that you have to go on a retreat to do that. Um, but I would say, yeah, like, you know, I encourage men to find spaces or, or brothers or a men's circle where you can have those sorts of experiences and have those sorts of conversations and just be seen. And there's no judgment. That's the beauty about sort of, I guess, men's work is like, there's no, there's no even dialogue. There's no, it's not therapy. There's no, um, there's no two way conversation. It's just like, Hey, look, I fucked up. Like, this is what's going on in my life. Like I need to be held and I'm going to, I'm going to cry. Like, and, and then we just hug it out. Like that's literally just so like cathartic. Um, and as you said with your cuz, bro, like that's just so much stored energy, you know? Um, it's just dis-ease leads to disease, you know? And um, yeah, like men who are like, you know, if you go, just let's just say going through a breakup or a divorce and it takes 12 months, like if you don't release that energy, like it's going to end up like being a heart attack, like 10 in 10 years time or, you know, like, um, I kind of think like my knee actually was like slightly because um, I had a little bit of stagnation around my job and just not necessarily thriving and enjoying. And then like I got this knee injury, like it might be a coincidence, but the body just like doesn't lie. You know, there's that book, the body keeps score um, and all this trauma all the way from childhood. Um, you know, I guess it's the whole like Joe Dispenza sort of like rabbit hole, but like it's stored in our cells, you know, like, and if we don't release it, um, it's just going to be carried. Mm. Um, and I love the analogy of like what happens when an animal um, experiences that moment of fight or flight in the wild. And what happens is that it might es- or when it escapes and then it goes, you know, and finds a little place of safety. And then it's just like it shivers and shakes for like an hour and it's just releasing that energy um and you can see this you know on on certain videos or whatever and documentaries and it's like quite um vivid shaking you know it's just that sort of releasing of that of yeah like like i said just just the body and the energy um so another thing that we did and something that was quite profound for me and i haven't really i've done a little bit of of it but not much was we did um a session of holotropic breath work um and I went for a long time. I don't know how long I went for, you know, I wasn't keeping an eye on the clock or whatever, but it was maybe like an hour of breath work kind of thing with these various rounds. I won't go into it. Like people can look it up, but um, my body was like trembling and I was releasing a lot of en- energy from it. Um, but then like the men around me, man, like there were a lot of releases going on, a lot of crying, a lot of like screaming, shouting, like, um a lot of powerful releases is what i would say um i don't know i'm no expert in that field but it was pretty pretty profound um another beautiful practice that we did on this um camp bro was like we actually did uh wrestling 
which was um, which was amazing. Like it was so. I know it sounds like like not necessarily like a big deal, but um, man, like it's just like you're on a knee, and it's just like man to man, eye to eye, and it's just like wrestle, like in a safe way, but like you know, pretty pretty intensely for for you know until you pin someone essentially. Like, and if someone's trying to pin you, bro, like you know, it's like you go, you go, you're going hard, and like man. Like, <laughs> that like inner warrior for like such a long time and um it's it, you're tapping into like this kind of like yeah like life or death scenario like in your you know in that back of your like reptilian mind it's like fuck i'm not gonna let this dude pin me and um and um just to sort of like have that that like competition friendly but like respectful healthy competition slash inner warrior energy was like really again cathartic to use the word or, or um just sort of powerful again you know like probably not since like maybe i played like 40 10 years ago or whatever like it's all good like you know we can i go to the gym or go for a run but like it's still pretty pretty chill mm. you know like when someone like is trying to pin you to the ground it's like nah you know what i mean and it's just like fuck it was such a awesome exercise man it's funny you say that i've actually sort of Oh, sorry, bro. Sorry, what'd you say? I was just like, that was just a handful of what we did, man. Like we did a few, like a, bu- a bunch of other stuff, but that's just- It sounds amazing. It sounds good. I've actually, I've been flirting with the idea of getting, getting, uh, getting into some boxing. Like I don't want to get whacked in the head. Yeah. I just want to go to some sessions and, and be pushed to that exertion level, like that inner warrior level where it's like, all right, you've got a person here throwing combinations at you. You're physically tired, requires strength, requires focus. You're releasing a whole heap of energy as you do it. Like I find sometimes just um, throughout the workday, just the boring jobs, they, they would build up and store up. And I mean, you can sense it because I'll go out to, to Jessie and she's like, oh, shit, babe, go for a run. Like you're snappy or you're fiery or you're impatient. And I mean, it's never news to me. I, I'm, I'm usually aware of the fact that I'm in that phase. But yeah, it is interesting because as like we're 36 or 37 or whatever, and as you, as you get to our age, like a lot of us are taught to all right, hey, can control those emotions, which obviously is a, a good thing. You can't just be going around and wrestling strangers. Um, but the 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 truth is, like that does come at a cost. Like the the first thing, me and Charlie every morning, my three year old, for everyone listening, man, he's like a little ball of testosterone and a little ball of play. And the idea of him sitting down and trying to contain any of that energy for more than five minutes is just an absolute joke. Like if you think it's going to happen, you're just kidding yourself. Um, and even if you forced him to do it, it's going to come out in some explosion of of energy. But man, so often he'll come out to me. He's like, "Dad, let's fight. Dad, let's wrestle. Dad, let's like." And th- there's like uh, there's something in like the the little boy genes uh, that doesn't go away. Obviously, as we get older, but especially in him, if he's tense or if he's snappy or if he's in a bad mood, like a lot of the time, a ten minute wrestle fixes the problem. Like we'll wrestle, we'll play, we'll push, we'll whatever. Um, like I'll rough him up a little bit. He loves it. Like he comes alive through that. And you can, man, you can see the difference. Like you don't have to be a genius to notice the difference in him 10 minutes after like some physical exertion. He's a better kid. Like he's nicer to be around. And I mean, I'm sure the same can be said for, for me and you and every other bloke who, who stored up energy in a, a way that hasn't been highly effective. That's one thing that I, I just said to you. Like I'm a better bloke when running's involved in my life. I love that feeling of getting home and being on the brink of exhaustion and just sensing that relaxation and that ease that comes with it. Like sometimes I'll get home and I, I might have been uptight, stressed, angry, whatever, 
Bro, good luck feeling that after an hour and a half steady run where your legs are a little bit shaky, you come home, sit on the couch. It's like you can see what the high is in it. I had this guy on here the other day, Mishka Shubali, and he was a like pretty – dude, you should read his book. It's called The Long Run. It's like one of Amazon Amazon's best ever – uh, sellers it's called an amazon single yeah epic. i don't know how many how many sales it had but it's it's sort of renowned for for being big you can see why man like the guy was a drug addict he was an alcoholic he was on on the brink of suicide like literally on the brink of suicide himself um just had a whole heap of friends that had lost hope in him and could see that he had no direction and over the course of you know a few little experiences he's like all right this is not the life i want to live but where can I transfer this energy? And as a result, and no surprise, he gets involved in ultra-endurance running. Mm -hmm. And he said it was just a refunneling of that energy that he had, which often used to go to drugs and alcohol and focusing it on a physical exertion. Mm -hmm. And he's like, to get home and just be absolutely rooted after a run like that, it's the best possible high. And he goes, I can tell you, like, because I've, <laughs> I've tried a few different versions of them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, I relate to that so much. The idea, it, it's the favorite, it's the best ever uh, stress release from what I can tell. And I can imagine it's the same with wrestling or, or with just that real physical exertion where you're forced into that reptilian brain to use your words and go, all right, like this is kind of what I was made to do. And just because I've been told to sit at a computer and, and, and work and do my report or whatever it is I have to do, doesn't mean that this desire just disappears. Totally, bro. Yeah, totally. No man, like this is a big um a big topic and, and a revelation again. Like at the end of the day, like we are in these human bodies, you know, we are mammals, we are animals. Like and to ignore this fact is just like to our detriment, you know, and this is like again getting into the maybe the, the rabbit hole of modern society and being stuck in chairs and indoors and never having our feet on the ground or not having sun on our skin. Um, and, yeah, I have, like, a bit of nostalgia for that, like, hunter-gatherer. You know, don't get me wrong, like, I understand. I probably prefer to be living now with our comforts and our technology and so on and so forth. But there's definitely that romance about, mm. you know, those, those, those wild men out there who are living close to the land and with nature and, you know, hunt what they – eat what they hunt and kill and things like that. Um, yeah, the other the other ones I was just going to tack on to the end of your your um, piece there was like dancing is a really big one and a beautiful one for for me as well. Um, without necessarily having you know to be taken down by another bro, like just dancing, man, is just so therapeutic for me. Um, which I really encourage people to sort of embrace and get more into. And then the other release of energy is is vocally or through song. Um, and again, this has been done since day dot, you know, it's like get around the fire and like, and men as well, like men used to sing, like we used to get together and sing and have these songs and like, you know, whether it was in the fields or together and like have moments of song together. Um, and there's a lot of energy that can be released through, through that passage or, you know, if you want to get into the throat chakra or whatever you want to call it, but like, you just feel it, man. Like you just sing an amazing song for like, you know, five minutes or let alone, you know, one hour of singing. Like it's a lot of energy that's going to be released. Mm. So that's just another practice I would encourage or at least, yeah, it's, it's one that's out there. Dude, you can sense that at church some weekends, like something happens and there's a certain energy that just fills the room. 
and you can tell i don't know what it is but people get on board like this same uh this this same kind of kind of pulse and it's like you, you can just uh sense that what you're doing is as a unit not as individuals and i often like i, I didn't really know or hadn't really thought much about the therapeutic benefits of that but you definitely sense it like you can walk in you know when you walk into a concert or something and everyone's on that same vibe like they're pumped to be there the band's playing the songs they're all hitting their notes you guys are just jumping around together having an absolute blast like there's something special about that that atmosphere and when you walk into it off the street you can't help but notice um i don't know it probably doesn't come as a shock to to anyone that it's that it's healthy but yeah man like i noticed that and i can imagine regardless of what religion you're at like the idea of song seems to be a core tenet of each each congregation or, or every time a group gets together I mean, a lot of the time it starts with a song or a hum or a um, a prayer or, or whatever else. And I mean, something could be said for the fact that you're all just trying to tap into something greater than yourself, but you're all, um, it's just an opportunity to realise that more than an individual, like Thomas Merton says, no man is an island. Like just that idea that there is a connection between every single human is, is somehow um, noticed a lot during a song i notice it during comedy as well like when you get a group of people just pissing themselves laughing at things that it's like you recognize that something's wrong with what's just been said or something's right about what's just been said or you're pointing out the absurdity and everyone's like oh well you're not supposed to talk about that you can't really say that out loud but we all notice it it's that laugh is that release of oh okay like we're all we're all sort of here together we recognize what it is that we're seeing and participating in it's interesting man like that's a whole it's a whole world i haven't really thought too much about or looked too much into but it's definitely something to be said for a fairly individual society um i mean i, I notice i get caught up a, a lot by myself and often will go out and just feel better after having a couple of hours of conversation with certain people it's uh yeah, it's something that could probably be focused on for, for a lot of people. Even Jocker, my mate down here, he's like, mate, the, the first thing I do when I notice that I'm not feeling great in myself is go, all right, hey, have you spoken to anyone this week? <laughs> and like the dream is, and I love working for myself, working from home. The little trade-off is you have to be more disciplined because at a school, obviously, every recess, every lunch, you usually, if you're lucky, got one or two mates you can sit down, just banter, talk shit with, have a bit of a laugh. Um, but sometimes like, that's what I notice. I'll sit in this office and I go, okay, Tosh, you've been here for three hours now, mate. Like go, <laughs> go talk to someone, go have a chat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I just, I just, um, appreciate that the etymology of the word ex expression. I've, you know, I've mentioned this a few times to with people, but it's, it's, it's exit and pressure, you know, ex expression that's in the, in the word, you know? So like mm. when you share with someone or seeing, or, or just have conversation, you're, releasing that energy again you know and you can feel it you know when you have that maybe sometimes challenging conversation or whatever and it's just like this weight off your chest yeah for sure yeah, yeah. for sure man that's no, really cool that's really cool i wonder if there's anything else like that like you, you we mentioned prayer we mentioned song we mentioned just conversation um like i i, I think it's slightly different but being in a group run is something that i used to love as well and not even talking but just being a part of that part of that pack like there was something special back in the day when we were running through the the bush or the forest up in Ballarat and you're out on a 25k run and you're 12k's in and you're tired but there's a group of guys all around you with the same goals and um you know the same finish line and you're just trying to navigate your way through together I always felt like like that was something special like we were synced into something cool just there yeah something about combining that physical pressure with 
um, I don't know, you could probably explain it better than me, but just that idea of, of like being with your tribe, like maybe, maybe the comparison would be to going out and hunting and trying to work together to, yeah. you know, to get the animal. It's a, it felt like a little bit like that, especially when you reflect on it. Maybe not at the time, you're not thinking, hey, look, this is like us going out hunting. <laughs> but, but when you actually dig into it a bit, you go, what, what is it that feels so good about that? Yeah, like right. it just seems to be something in our DNA. Yeah, totally. There's a line from um, the author Robert Bly, who's one of the, um, the fathers of the whole, I guess, mythopoetic men's movement. Um, but he describes it as like, there's like, this soul nourishment or like, no, sorry, the cells, the cells in our bodies are like nourished when we spend time. It, he, he, he refers it specifically between the mentee and the mentor. So like when, just like being in the presence of like another man or someone that you respect and admire, you don't even have to say anything. Like, it's just like your cells like um are nourished in mm. bodies and to again to to use the example that he refers to it's like when young when young boys or men sorry young yeah young boys young men are in the presence of that that mental elder warrior energy you don't need to say anything man like they just feed on it mm. um and that's like something that's that was pretty mind-blowing for me you know like there's all this stuff of like self-improvement and being a teacher and a male teacher and like, you know, coming up with like designing programs or writing programs for teenage boys and stuff like that. And a lot of it is just like, like you just said, there can be a lot of teaching going on and like, Hey, let's just go for a run and not talk for 30 minutes. Hmm. And it's just like that body, body to body interaction. You know, the cells are dancing together and, um, and yeah, and this is you know this has been a big part of um, of tribal life and human human the human story forever, you know whatever whether it's like being around the fire or sleeping closely with one another, um, and yeah as as we've discussed many times, but you know I suppose this that disconnect since like the industrial revolution and moving into these nuclear families and especially the separation of sons and fathers as fathers have moved into factories and now into cities and sons are no longer going to work with their dads you know on the fields or into the guilds and things like that so yeah some, lots to lots to dissect there yeah man have you read the book civilized to death i haven't read it no i, I know it's um chris ryan yeah i don't even know who recommended it to me the other day it just popped up and i thought that looks interesting had a cool cover I was interested in the title, and I'm I'm like a chapter in. Okay, yeah. and it's it's really interesting. Like you've touched on a couple of the points that that he's touched on early, but just this idea about um, you know the differences in in society and disease, whether it's heart disease or tooth decay or gum disease or whatever. And he speaks about how these have sort of just blown through the roof since mm-hmm. civilization has become a thing. Like since agricultural farming uh, mm-hmm. has has become a, a real focus. Like a lot of the um, uh, a lot of the diseases has sort of skyrocketed and I can only imagine that through like the use of pesticides and things like that as, as you know, big, big agriculture, um, you know, tries to find ways to make profit that it only gets worse and worse. But it's been interesting just to, to hear about that. There was one guy you spoke to me about years ago. Uh, I can't remember his name, but you had his book 
and yep. he went and had a look at the the dental health of uh, essentially yep. African or indigenous tribes. That's Dr. Weston Price, um, which is pretty important, I think, just information to to know and to just look at his work. Um, but just very briefly, he spent his life um, visiting and traveling, you know, these indigenous parts of the world, um, essentially people whose diets were um, not, you know, processed foods and sugar and alcohol and carbohydrates. They were just eating, um, you know, eating as they've been eating for tens of thousands of years. And yeah, he just realized he, you know, was taking snapshots of their, of their dental health and their teeth and their gums and, you know, whatever the, whatever the, the scientific methods were. And he, yeah, there's, you can look it up on the internet very quickly, Google images, but just these people with these beautiful, healthy smiles and teeth. The big one was alignment of um, their, their teeth and their jaws and the, the, the development of their teeth. Um, Keep in mind, not having any exposure to dentists and all this stuff that we have today. Um, and then he compared that to modern European diets um, that were maybe deficient in certain minerals and um, nutrients and so on and so forth. And you just see like all these people, you know, in the early, you know, 1900s or whatever, and their teeth are just sort of, you know, manky and, and unhealthy and, and, you know, cramped and all this sort of stuff. So, that yeah, that's the work of um, Dr. Weston Price. Um, and there's like the, the Western, you know, the Weston Price diet and things like that, which is, you know, um, yeah, people can people can check it out. Oh, dude, I'm interested to check that out. Do you know much about that? I'm always fascinated to hear because there's so many different thoughts and ideas around diet at the moment. It doesn't matter. You can talk to someone, they say, no, nah, all meat. Talk to another person, they say, no, nah, no, nah, all fruits and veg. <laughs> there seems to be some, uh, like, uh, alignment in the fact that it's, it's pretty much whole foods yeah yeah it's just yeah i don't know heaps and heaps about it so i don't want to like um you know uh, incorrectly say but it's just like that kind of i guess um probably similar to like the blue zone groups bro where it's just kind sure. of like um you know natural less processed you know lots of sort of i guess like fish meat nuts um healthy veggies stuff like that just you know just as you like what people have been eating for forever yeah bro yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, man, honestly, as always, I could talk to you for, for ages more, but I've got to wrap it up a little earlier today because, as I said, I've got a, uh, I've got a wife who's just had two kids at swimming lessons. My, my one-year-old is cooked, screaming in the car. I'm going to be in the bad books when she gets home, but uh, it was worth it, bro. No, nah, totally, bro. Yeah, it's <laughs> late, but um, we still smashed out for 46 minutes, I can see, which is, which is good. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's do it again soon, bro. Lots more to talk about for sure. For sure, man. For sure. Hey, thanks for coming on again, brother. Always a pleasure, bro. Have a great rest of the day. You too. See you, man. See everybody. Yeah.